1: Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors.
2: to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, Athleticsfarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and today we're going to be joined by A's Assistant Director of Player Development, Ed Sprague. He's based down in Arizona, so we wanted to take the opportunity to talk with him about some of the A's youngest prospects currently playing down in the Arizona League this summer. Then I'll be sharing some of my recent conversation with A's infielder Franklin Barreto. You'll also be hearing what A's manager Bob Melvin had to say when I asked him for his take on Barreto. And then we'll be getting a brief update on pitchers AJ Puck and Jesus Lazardo straight from A's GM David Forst. But first, here's our conversation with A's Assistant Director of Player Development, Ed Sprague. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Ed. Oh, my pleasure. So. You know, after the draft in June, you've got all these recently drafted players showing up there in camp in Arizona, along with a with a whole bunch of uh, Latin American players coming into camp as well. So what's the whole environment like down there at that point?
0: Uh, it's been pretty busy, you know, um, <laughs> you know, trying to get to know a lot of new faces at one time, uh, you know, and having two teams down here for the first time has been, you know, a little bit of an organizational challenge, so we've kind of got that up and running a little bit and uh plus we've had you know the camp's busy we got a lot of guys down here on rehab and stuff like that so there's a lot of activity over here in mesa
2: yeah you you know you mentioned something i wanted to ask you about in the past you always had one team in the arizona league and now this year you're kind of following the trend that a lot of teams have been doing and you've got two teams in the arizona league this year the the, uh, the green and the gold squad. So you've got twice as many players in uniform every day. What we, what, what is it like just trying to, to coordinate all that and keep your eyes on, on everything that's going on down there? Yeah, it's been a challenge for Eddie Menchaca
0: and, you know, here in Boca Chia, the two managers, uh, organizing the, the daily schedules and just getting the teams placed, you know, getting the right guys on each team on a daily basis. Uh, but the, the positive thing about it is these guys get a lot of at-bats. They get to play on a consistent basis where – Typically, when we just had one team, you know, they might play one, two, one or two days and have a couple of days off. And so it's hard to kind of get in the rhythm that right. way. Uh, but we are, you know, running thin on bodies when you start, you know, a couple injuries here and there. And then some of these young guys, it's, you know, playing this heat on a daily basis, you know, 17, 18 years old. It takes its toll on you,
2: too. So we got to kind of watch that and watch the workload, especially as we get later into the, in the August here. Right, right. It uh, definitely can get a little uh, toasty down there in Arizona. We all <laughs> we all know that. Um, so, what when you get all these guys coming into camp, what's what's the first thing you're trying to communicate to these guys? What what's the first thing you're you're just trying to get through to them to to get into their heads when they arrive in camp? I mean, the the biggest thing
0: is is really you know how to take care of their bodies. They're going to start playing on an everyday basis, uh, especially down here in the heat. Um, you know the preparation before the game, the work ethic, but for the most part, we're kind of just letting them play, you know, and we're evaluating them, letting them play, but we always want to make sure that they're they're ready to go, you know, uh, you know, before they take the field, and then make sure that the recovery process after the fact uh, is good. And you have, like I said, you have a range of you know 17 year olds to you know 22, 23 year old college kids, and so it's a little bit different. Some of them are used to maybe working out and have a weightlifting program, some of this brand new to some of these guys. So uh, really introduce them to the strength and conditioning program, the arm care program, uh and then just a lot of the, you know, hitting philosophies that we have and drills and stuff like that. But it's really kind of just a, you know, as you go along, you introduce some things slowly, uh, you know, each and every day or each week.
2: Yeah, you know, that's something I was going to ask you about, because I, I know I've always heard that, that that first summer when these guys are in camp, that, that you don't try to overburden them too much with instruction, that you really just try to look at them and, and get a sense of what their game is all about. And then maybe later in the instructional league or whatever, then then maybe start to, to really coach them and, and work with them. Is that the case or how, how do you look at them when they're first there and how do you approach them?
0: Yeah, I'd I say for the most part, I'd say that's, that's accurate. We kind of let them go play, um, you know, watch their work ethic and, you know, get them prepared, but really not making any, you know, adjustments per se with the hitting mechanics or pitching mechanics. I mean, it might be a little bit different if it's a college senior that maybe had a power arm and we took him, you know, late and, and you want to maybe develop a secondary pitch, something like that, or, or, you know, try to get him some command if he had no command issues, you know, in college, something like that. So there might be certain situations with some older players mm-hmm. that you know coming in, uh, have
2: a certain tool, but they're going to need to add something down the road, you might attack that a little bit little bit quicker. Right. That makes sense. Well, let me ask you about a few guys down there who've kind of uh, uh, piqued my interest anyway uh, in the early going. I guess we're about a month in, uh, or so into the uh, Arizona League schedule here. Uh, let me ask you about a couple of uh, Latin American outfielders who are particularly interesting. Uh, first of all, um, 20-year-old Venezuelan outfielder Rafael Arrenconis, seems like he's been having a lot of big gains down there. seems like he gets a lot of big hits. Um, you know, puts up big big numbers uh, on a regular basis. Uh, tell me what you've been seeing out of uh, this uh, young outfielder Rafael Rincones.
0: Yeah, he's really swinging the bat well. Um, you know he's he's battled some injuries a little bit here and there in knickknacks over the course of the time we've had him. Um, but he's kind of really come on with the with the bat quite a bit, he's showing a little bit of power. Uh, the ability to hit all fields, uh, come up with some clutch hits and some big spots. So I think his confidence is high right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think uh, defensively, you know, he's, he's not a above average defender. He's an average defender. He plays really hard. Um, And he's not, you know, he's not a plus runner, but you know, his bat tool is going to have to carry him and, you know, eventually he'll hopefully run into a little more power down the road as he ages. Um, But that's what he'll probably profile as a corner outfield type guy. Like I said, not a real speedy guy and, and not a real plus defender at this moment.
2: Yeah, I notice he's been playing a lot of uh, left and left and right field, but uh, so far the, the the bat seems to be uh, pretty pretty good anyway. Uh, uh, there's another young young guy um, that I spoke with, uh, assistant GM Dan Feinstein, with recently, and uh, he was really uh, really high on this guy, and that's uh, a 17 year old Colombian outfielder, Brian Velas and uh i you know he told me there's a lot more kids coming out of columbia now uh, which is kind of interesting and and he's just 17 years old can you tell me what you've seen out of him
0: yeah you know we were like i said i told you earlier we we're running short on a few bodies with some injuries and uh you know we needed to replace those and and uh you know dan recommended him he thought he would do well even though he was you know uh, you know only 17 and he's kind of come right in and and really competed well um, you know, he's so young, it's it's hard to say, but he's, you know, he's hitting in the middle of the order down here and, and getting hits and, and making plays. And, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't think of 17. I mean, he's like a high school junior, you know, playing in a in the Arizona league. So he's been, he's been very impressive and hasn't missed a beat and, and, uh, finding was right on that one. So it's, uh, he's come in and he's fit right in. So it's been good that, you know, you can get these young guys over here and give them a chance to play. That young, uh, it's great when they hold their own. Sometimes you get worried. You bring them over and you overmatch them a little bit and it hurts their confidence. But that's not the case with Brian.
2: Yeah, I mean, for like I said, for a 17 year old just to be holding his own at this point is pretty impressive. Is he is he a center fielder <laughs> type as opposed to a corner outfielder? Uh, yeah, I think so. That's probably the more body type. Uh, like I said, I've only seen him, you know, two
0: or three games so far down here. I'll see him again today, uh, to get some more looks at him. So uh, this is the first time I'm getting a chance to see him. Um, you know, I haven't seen him all out run yet, so I, I can't say that for sure. But, they, I mean, he looks like the body type, you know, he be a center fielder.
2: Well, let me ask you about a few, uh, few of this year's draft picks because there's a, there's a number of the, the younger guys from uh, this year's draft who are down there at this point. Uh, the A's took um, an 18-year-old center fielder in the third round this year, Marcus Smith, and, and a lot of people didn't know that much about him uh, when the A's took him in the third round, but uh, it seems like he's been hitting pretty well down there in the early going. Again, he's just 18 years old. So what have your impressions been of uh, Marcus Smith thus far?
0: he's a super athletic kid um, you know pretty simple approach at the plate um you know swings the bat well he's you know he's obviously young and getting grown to his body but uh, he's a very good looking athlete especially for a high school kid uh, and seems to uh you know hold his own a little bit down here so far and and uh has a pretty good eye at the plate you know controls strike zone a little bit so that's that's rare with a, with a young kid, So what we've seen so far. So we're excited about Tim, you know, that young high school kid like that, took in a pie, and and uh, we, he's got a chance to, to be
2: something special, I think. Yeah, I think he was out of the Kansas City area, and uh, he's he's another guy that, that you do profile as a center fielder, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he develops. There was another uh, high school pick the A's took, with their first uh, five uh, picks this year, and that was uh, 18-year-old shortstop Jalen Greer out of the Chicago area. Uh, I, I think he's been playing, uh, uh, if I'm correct, a little short, a little third down there maybe, um, but uh, what have you seen out of Jalen Greer thus far? Yeah, he's, he's a big kid,
0: uh, you know, tall, shortstop. Uh, the, the speed of the game is a little bit fast for him right now, so it's kind of hard to judge his actions, he gets up his speed. You know, just routine ground balls, stuff like that. But he has the actions in there. Uh, I like his ability at the plate so far from what I've seen. His approach seems fairly simple. Uh, he's got a little bit of bat speed. He's going to be a big kid. Um, you know, so I think it's just going to probably a little bit longer for him. I mean, I'd say, you know, Smith's probably a little bit ahead of him as far as, you know, more polished.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but Jalen is a, is a good-looking athlete. He's a quiet kid. Goes about his business. He's just gonna have to, you know, kind of get up to the speed of the pro game a little bit and uh, and that'll
2: just take a little while as he gets settled in. I think if I'm correct, he's got a pretty big frame for a shortstop. I think he was like six two or six three coming out of coming out of high school, if I'm correct, right? He's got a very big frame and room to go. Yeah, six three, one eighty five,
0: um, you know, tall kid. So, you know, he may stay short, he may not, depending on how how he fills out body. Uh, we'll see. But you know, so far, he looks like he can
2: uh, stay there a little bit, like I said, as long as his game clock kind of picks up a little bit as we, as we move through the summer. Right. Now, uh, another uh, guy who was uh, taken just out of the top 10, but uh, in the 11th round, was uh, Dustin Harris, a uh, uh, 20-year-old, and he was drafted as a third baseman, but I believe he's been playing mostly first base down there. So tell me a little bit about Dustin Harris, and uh, does it look like he's maybe uh, going to be uh, more of a first baseman than a third baseman going forward? I don't know if that's the case. I think just it's getting
0: more of a need-based at first right now okay. um, for him. So I think he's going to continue to play both and 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 Bull. We'll, uh, I don't know how much first he played, but he looks he looks really good over there so far. Um, and so, but you know I'm sure we'll get a chance to move him around a little bit um, in, in instructional league. Uh, he takes a rip at it. You know, left-handed hit another big kid, strong, uh, and likes to swing the bat. So you he, he profile him as a corner guy with uh, some power down the road. Uh, I think, and you know, he's, he's off to a good start, and I, I like uh, I like his at bat so far, and, and like I said, in the limited time he's played first, like I don't know how, how much he's played in the past, but he he looks really good over there.
2: Uh, yeah, no. It's interesting to see how some of these uh, some of these young draft picks start out right away. If they look really comfortable, it it, it certainly makes you feel good to see them uh, getting right into the swing of things. Anyway, are there any? Uh, there there are so many pitchers down there. I mean, you've got I I couldn't even count how many pitchers you've got in camp, and you probably can't either. Um, it, it's pretty hard to keep track of all of them. But there, are there any pitchers down there that have sort of uh, leapt out at you with uh, with their performance recently? Uh, yeah, you know uh, today the- – uh Len and
0: Rudy Denny Pineda, you know, he's a little bit older kid um, and he's kind of come on second year here and uh, he's up to 95 showing a plus slider. I think that's been the biggest thing is that secondary pitch, trying to get that secondary pitch to improve. And, and he's really shown some improvement on that. Um, so he's a kid that could probably, you know, begin to move out of the Arizona I would think in, in the near future. Uh, right. He's been one kid that's been pretty impressive the rest of them are, you know, they're all kind of taking little short stints, you know, protecting them over the course of the summer. So you get a you get a flash here and there, of some guys that it will throw well for an inning or two, and then you know, four or five days later, are going to throw another inning or two. So they're not real stretched out. Some of the younger guys, um, but that's okay right now, just protecting those guys. But uh, I think we got some good arms. I think we got some just you know generalized. Uh, I think we have bigger bodies and some stronger arms. You're seeing a little bit more velocity. Uh, out of these groups, uh, than in the past, with the, the draft guys in, some of the Latin guys coming over, uh, so some some bigger, taller bodies with a little bit of velocity. And so I think command will be the big thing to develop with these guys, and maybe some secondary stuff to get them out into the system.
2: Yeah, I was looking at some of the Latin American pitchers you have in camp, and it looks like there's there's definitely some pretty uh, you know big, strong, big-bodied guys in that in that group at this point. <laughs>
0: yeah so I think it's a good direction that we headed and, and get some of those guys going and uh it's been a fun group to watch they're, they're competing down here the green team is a is, is a little bit younger uh but they've had some good wins the last couple of days uh they they walked off the gold team on uh on wednesday and then they uh and they beat the cubs on uh on thursday i think in a, in a nice hold on win so
2: it's been it's been good you watch these young guys compete you know and they're very young Oh, yeah. Let me, let me ask you one question about about you've got so many guys there, both hitters and pitchers. When you occasionally get an opening, say, in Vermont, you know, suddenly somebody goes on the injured list. And now you've got one opening there in Vermont and you've got all these kids in Arizona to think about. What do what you what are you really taking into consideration? I mean, obviously, besides just your performance, when you're thinking who's ready to make that move out of Arizona to an actual team?
0: Well, I think, you know, you got to look at maturity level first and you wanted to at least go out and have some success. You don't want to throw them into the fire, especially if they're young. So typically maybe someone that's a little bit older uh, that's having some success here or maybe, you know, super confident at the moment. But you don't want to get them out there too early, throw them in an environment where they're going to struggle and lose their confidence. So a lot of different things go into that mix, um, you know, and and then how much are they going to play up there? You know, sometimes you want. They're not gonna play very much if you need to need a body up in Vermont or someone like that. You don't want to send one of these young kids and have them go up there and sit right so it, it plays into consideration that way is how you want to get guys out so uh it's a number of different things
2: um go into the you know who goes where uh interesting well, let me let me ask you just about one guy uh before we go who who's not there at the moment, but I was kind of curious about this uh, uh Santi Sanchez who was your 5th round draft pick in 2017 uh he was drafted as a as a teenage Puerto Rican catcher and uh, he's moved out of Arizona and he's been up playing in Beloit and playing um primarily uh first base now so uh has he pretty much moved off catcher is he going to be a first baseman going forward and what do you think about him just as a player a, a, as a as a hitter going forward Well yeah the decision to move him off,
0: you know, off catchers, you know, he's got a little bit of a cranky knee and uh, you know, he's, he's a bigger guy. And so we started from a health standpoint, uh, putting him to, to first. I and mean, his, his signature is his bat. You know, he can really hit the fastball and uh, probably one of the reasons that, you know, he got sent to deploy. They needed, a, they needed a body there. And, you know, his ability to, to really hit the heater, um sets him apart. He's got, you know, he's got some power he, when he can run into one, the, the power's real, um, but he, you know he's got some improvement to do. He hasn't played a lot of first base, and he's got to clean the body up a little bit and get a lot of reps. And and then his, you know his recognition on this on the off speed stuff has got to got to come along too. So, um, but like I said, he's a he's a working kid. He's a fun loving kid, and, and he can really hit the heater. Um, so we just hopefully that he can continue to, you know, pick up that breaking ball and, and cut the strikeouts down and, and get a little more contact in his game. Uh, so he's, you know, like I said, he's struggled quite a bit at, at Beloit right now, but just because that ability to hit the fastball uh, is there, uh, that's what he was kind of
2: went up. Well, well as we know, Beloit's not always the best uh, environment for hitters. or the, the easiest place to put up big numbers anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: So there's one other kid I would like to, to mention. This sure. uh, T.J. Schofield-Sam. Uh-huh. Um, he's, a, he's a young high school kid out of Canada, um, third baseman, Really like his approach to the plate, uh, takes a rip at it, you know, kind of a quiet kid. But uh, he's interesting down here, too. Um, he he hasn't played a ton yet, but uh, it'll be something to watch. I think he's going to grow into his body quite a bit. Another kind of quiet kid. So once he gets familiar with his, in, his environment, I think uh, he'll be an interesting left-handed bat to kind of watch.
2: Yeah, I know he seemed to sign a little later and just just got going recently. But that's uh, that. Remember that name, T.J. Schofield, Sam. It's definitely uh, a unique one to remember. <laughs> anyway, but but it's uh, good to hear that he's uh, looking good in the early going. Anyway. All right. Well, that's great. Thanks a lot for your uh, insights, Ed. I'm sure you've got your hands full just trying to remember everyone's uh, name down there these days. So I, I appreciate Absolutely. you. I appreciate you taking the time out to, to chat with us today about some of these guys. All right, my pleasure. Take care. Stay tuned for more on our A's Farm podcast coming right up. Infielder Franklin Barreto was always high atop everyone's A's prospect lists ever since his arrival from Toronto in the Josh Donaldson deal back in 2014. He got into 53 games for the A's over the past couple seasons, and with Jed Lowry's departure, it looked like the 23-year-old might get a real shot to be the A's everyday second baseman this season. But Jerickson Profar's arrival nixed that notion, and Beretta was sent back to AAA to start the season. After a torrid June in Las Vegas, Beretta was brought back to Oakland, but after getting off to a slow start, he once again finds himself struggling to find regular playing time while also trying to regain his confidence at the plate. Here's a portion of my recent conversation with him from the A's clubhouse with translation services provided by the A's multi-talented director of baseball communications, Fernando Alcala. Uh, are there any particular kind of adjustments you're trying to make right now? Is there anything you're working on? Anything you have in your mind you're trying to to do or adjust
3: to right now? No, bueno, sabe mantenerme positivo. Eso es lo que estoy tratando de hacer ahorita y de ir tratando de agarrar otra vez la confianza y me he sentido bien. Yo creo que pronto voy a volver a hacer lo que estaba haciendo en el triple.
4: It's just a matter of maintaining confidence and getting back to where I was and. Uh, once I get to that to that uh, level, then I'll start getting, having the success up here.
2: Uh, I know the coaches have been working on on some stuff with you. Is there anything in particular that that they're trying to uh, get in your head or trying to get you to get you to think about at this point?
3: No, Hemos hecho algunos drills, pero es retomar esa confianza.
4: It's just certain drills that we're working on, and uh, the, the the point of those drills is just to regain the confidence. So that's what we're focusing on right now. And
2: uh, how do you feel about the breaking balls that you see here at the major league level, and how do you feel about your approach to the breaking ball?
3: The
4: biggest difference is being able to control it. Uh, Up here in the majors, they have a lot more control over their breaking stuff, and uh, just focusing on swinging at strikes, and that's going to lead to better results. And uh, how difficult is it for
2: you to sort of get in a groove with your swing, feel good about your swing when you when you're not necessarily having the opportunity to play every day?
3: No, no, lo mismo cuando uno no juega todos los días. cage,
4: me It's just a matter of uh, maintaining routine, whether it's hitting in the cage or off the machine. Uh, I got an opportunity to play a lot early on on a regular basis, and now it's changed a little bit, so. Just uh, maintaining that routine. Okay, and then finally, early in your career, you primarily played shortstop. Now at this point in your
2: career, you're primarily playing second base. How do you feel about second base? How comfortable do you feel there, and do you enjoy playing that position?
3: No, me. Uh,
4: I feel comfortable now. Obviously, two years ago when I made that switch, I was a little uncomfortable. But uh, now that you have no competition and I'm comfortable at that spot.
2: A skipper Bob Melvin is an experienced major league manager who's seen plenty of players go through plenty of ups and downs during his days in the dugout. So I recently took the opportunity to get his take on Franklin Barreto. Well, can you talk a little bit about where Franklin Barreto's at at this stage of the game and maybe what adjustments he needs to make to be successful at this level? Uh, you know, he, he's, he got some consistent playing time, got off to a little bit of a slow start. You know, this is the big leagues. If somebody struggles, you have, you have to, you know, maybe try some other things at times. But I've often said that I, I believe that once he gets through a struggle and starts to hit like he's capable of, then we'll see who Franklin Barreto is at at the big league level. And... If you're looking for the adjustments, it's just getting a good ball to hit and I think sometimes he's a little anxious when he gets here, tries to be a little bit too aggressive and then when you know you're not swinging at strikes, all of a sudden you start to take and now you're taking the strikes and swinging at the balls. So I personally know exactly what he's going through as far as that goes. He's a lot more talented guy than I am and he's just got to kind of find a happy medium as far as that goes. And finally, everyone's always eager to know the latest on the A's top pitching prospects, A.J. Puck and Jesus Lazardo. So I recently took the opportunity to ask A's GM David Forrest about the pair of promising pitchers. Can you talk a little bit about A.J. Puck's outing last night and your impression of his first two outings at A, and also maybe offer an update on Jesus Lozardo as well?
4: Sure. Uh, A.J.'s pitched great the last two times out. And, and since he, you know, we backed him off a little bit when he had some soreness, but since he's gotten over that hump, he's pitched great every time out. Um, his velocity up, you know, 96, 97 last night. Uh, we will continue to let his elbow and how he feels sort of dictate his schedule. Um, you know, hopefully at some point get him to he's pitching on one day rest um, but if he keeps doing what he's doing he's going to be an option for us here sometime soon.
2: And what about uh, Luzardo? Any updates on
4: him? Uh, Jesus will throw two simulated innings on the first and then we'll go from there.
2: And then just to follow up on AJ, I know he'd stopped throwing his change up for a while because it was bothering his elbow a little bit. Is he still is he throwing his changeup up yet or is he still staying away from
4: that? Last night he only threw fastball slider. Uh, that's all he needed to, to get three outs. Uh, I mean, we haven't sort of mandated that he needs to scrap his change up for the rest of the year. But again, his is sort of outing to outing
2: right now. Well, that's about it for this episode of our A's Farm podcast. Thanks to all of you out there for listening. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find daily updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm Ace Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this.